Greetings. Welcome to In Conversation with Trevor, brought to you by Heart and Soul Broadcasting Services. I go beyond the headlines and beyond the sensational. Today, I'm in conversation with Chris Chinaka, Editor-in-Chief and Executive Director of ZimFact. If you enjoy this conversation, remember to subscribe, to like, and to share. Let's get down to some work. Christian Anka, my brother, welcome to In Conversation with Trevor. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the invitation and uh, thank you for uh, giving us time to catch up and uh, review our industry together. Absolutely. I'm yeah. so looking forward to that, uh, Chris. Chris, as I was uh, doing the preparation, you know, invariably I found myself realizing that you are ve a veteran that um, represents an amazing pedigree of journalists uh, that this country has had. So just help me go through some of these names. Tonic Sakaika, Emilia Sitole Matarise, who's still with Reuters. Yeah. She's in the UK now. Yes. Um, David, Davison Maruziva, mm -hmm. uh, Desmond Kumbuka, mm -hmm. Jeff Nyarota, yeah, uh, who am I leaving out? Uh, John Gambanga. John Gambanga. Gambanga. Uh, Charles Rukuni. Charles Rukuni. Uh, you, yeah, you could include in that uh, group uh, Ropa Fajuma Pimiza. Yes. I, and um, many more. Yeah. Most of them dead. Absolutely. And um, it's a passing generation. Certainly. Yeah. I, I, I was in the first group of uh, journalists uh, trained after independence. So we are we a group of journalists um, transitioning from Zimbabwe to uh, from Rhodesia to Zimbabwe. Um, a very interesting uh, transition, both in terms of the journalism mm. and uh, uh, just relating uh, the whole Zimbabwe story. Tell me, when you look at that generation that you represent, looking at the transition from Rhodesia to Zimbabwe and the state of play as far as our profession is concerned right now, what goes through your mind? I think uh, what goes through my mind immediately is um, uh, first uh, what has become of uh, that older generation mm -hmm. and its contribution uh, to uh, to journalism yeah. generally and um, uh, to media work in the region. I, what comes to my mind is uh, also a very unique uh, thing that's happening, uh, particularly in Zimbabwe, which is uh, ageism. Mm. That uh, while the rest of the world is uh, space and time uh, for their gray hairs and uh, gray beards, I, in our case, there is uh, sometimes almost uh, a desperate attempt to get uh, the experienced hands of a very complex story, a difficult story. And I think that uh, that makes us uh, fairly 
uh, unique in the way in which uh, we have not been able to accommodate uh, this transition, this generational handover from one generation to the other, mm. that uh, you don't do it uh, as um, you're getting in and shoveling out uh, uh, everyone else. When you look at uh, the, the rest of the world on their major stories, uh, they have a very interesting mix, uh, a mix of their experienced hands on that story. Uh, they are enterprising and energetic uh, uh, a, a generation mm. com coming in. You have about three generations. In our case, increasingly, you walk into any newsroom or look at any story and you see its treatment, you don't find that uh, uh, that mix. And uh, its absence is, um, is a serious uh, impact on the flavor and the treatment of that story. Hmm. And um, we, I think uh, we have a lot more to learn uh, in terms of just structuring ourselves, relating ourselves mm. to our story mm. uh, from uh, some of uh, the, uh, the, the the countries around the world which have dealt with uh, bigger stories. Mm. You look at so, uh, Western Europe, you look at Eastern Europe, you look at Asia, and uh, you then come back and look at ourselves and mm. just, you say, I have no explanation for it, but uh, I, I, it's, uh, you asked, uh, what tell, what tell do you me. feel? I, yeah, yeah tell me. It, powerful what you're saying, Chris. Mm -hmm. So what is the storytelling lacking? You're talking about uh, flavor. Is, is that all? What else is the storytelling lacking because of the absence of... Uh, context. Context. Yeah. Uh, the, the, all stories are contextual, yeah. right? It's, uh, so our stories are largely now talking heads. So we caught people saying this. We don't put any background about uh, where that's coming from, whether in terms of the positions they are taking on a particular issue uh, or the issues that they may be dodging. Uh, because we have uh, sometimes in our newsrooms or in our media sector, people who don't easily, can't easily recall that uh, background offhand. Which background do you have in terms of... Uh, your, your gray hairs, your experienced hands. And uh, like I was saying, when you look at uh, Western Europe, Asia, you look at uh, Eastern Europe, uh, you look at Latin America, uh, they seem to have uh, found a formula in which uh, there is space uh, for the energetic, mm -hmm. space for the enterprising, but also space for your grounding experience wisdom yes it's 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 from what you're saying and, and push me if i'm if i'm not getting it right we we're lacking our storytelling right now is lacking depth it's lacking analysis and it's lacking a bit of um uh insight as it were. Is that, is that uh, am yeah. I right? Yeah, uh, I would summarize it like that. I, I have a, a 3H summary of Good. what our story yeah. uh, is. Uh, it's um, it's hyper-sensational. Mm. Uh, sometimes uh, the issues are presented in uh, literally uh, death and uh, life uh, 
uh, context. It is hyper-partisan uh, because um, the, our youngsters have come in in a highly political environment and they think uh, that's what journalism is all about. It is also high, uh, hyper-personalized in the sense that every story is stuck to, to a name and not to a program and not to, uh, to a context. Uh, and that normally happens when uh, you don't have in your newsrooms uh, or in our newsrooms uh, the, the sort of fellows they, who have the temperament for the long haul, uh, the fellows who have been there, they've seen it, and kind of calming everyone and say, We've been here before. We've been here before, and we have a greater responsibility to the public uh, rather than to the persons that we are dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis. Whether those persons are in, in our political spaces, uh, whether those persons are in, in our economic spaces, whether those persons are in our uh, social spaces, that uh, the calling uh, that uh, journalism is as a public, um, as a vocation, uh, beyond uh, being paid for it, that we earn our living from it as a profession, that uh, this is a vocation, is a commitment to the greater public. Mm. And uh, must, we must develop a temperament and an attitude that uh, is able to relate to all the persons that we're identifying. But then marrying our commitment to the greater uh, public. I think that you can only do with, uh, with experience. And uh, I've, I've had uh, the, the, been fortunate enough to have covered the Zimbabwe story at its most emotional, its most sensational. And the challenge always was not just on the, uh, on the person as a professional, but on the person in terms of uh, your own attributes, what sort of temperament do you require? Do you need to develop? Do you need to check yourself against in order to cover a story in which everyone uh, is seriously, emotionally invested in? Hmm. That says to me, our profession has a leadership role. It is, and uh, it is that uh, element where we are always asking, is, the, is media a fourth estate? And uh, estates lead, right? In our case, I think there's sometimes been a dereliction of uh, that leadership. We've surrendered our profession uh, to other uh, estates, right? Uh, if you look at the judiciary, they, they lead with a set of... Um, a, ethics and guidelines that guide them. Uh, you look at um, the, the executive, uh, the commitment that they make uh, initially to uh, uh, saving the larger public means they are making themselves accountable to the, uh, to the public. And the judiciary equally is not making itself accountable to another state. We have, uh, in the media, sometimes found ourselves subjugating ourselves to other states. And uh, I've been in spaces where I've been arguing that uh, I think uh, our aspiration for a fourth state remains an aspiration for as long as we don't 
again, then get ourselves to say our commitment is to the larger public and that all the other persons and personalities and uh, it, uh, that we deal with in terms of delivering our story uh, is as a matter of profession, but that uh, in terms of accountability, states become accountable to the larger public. And we, we, we are accountable to Zimbabwe. That's what we should be. We should be committed to Zimbabwe. Yes, uh, but uh, you find sometimes uh, our journalism answers to politicians, answers to um, uh, sectorial uh, interests, sectorial interest, and uh, that is not Zimbabwe. That is not enough. What's your responsibility and my responsibility in drawing us back to the heart of the matter? Yeah. I think our uh, collective responsibility in the media is one of reflection, a, a continuous reflection, a continuous retreating to finding the values that got us into these spaces. And then to saying, where are the gaps? How do we fill up those uh, uh, those gaps? Uh, it, it's it's um, one uh, reason I've stayed in the in the media space even uh, beyond my official retirement. I think we all have a, a responsibility towards skills development, uh, in mentoring, uh, in motivating rather than demotivating. Sometimes when you look at our uh, media products, uh, they compete with uh, uh, politicians in demotivating the public uh, from just um, finding that energy which you need to carry on mm -hmm. as, uh, as human beings. And I think we have that responsibility that uh, the media, when it commits itself to covering not just, not, not politicians, not sectorial interests, but the Zimbabwe story in its fullness. Telling the whole story. Yes. Then we are likely, in that we find our defense because we have expanded our defense line. We must be defended by the public. Our role must be defended by the public, not sectorial interest. Is, is it just demotivating mm. or there's an element of incitement? There is. Uh, that's why I was talking about um, the sensational. And some people get sensational. Sometimes it's an age thing. The things you, Trevor and I, would do in our youthful, young years. Youthful exuberance. Yes, we would all get involved mm. at some stage. We get excited about little things. And then we calm. And then eventually we find kind of the right temperament to relate to, to the different uh, uh, elements. So when you look at uh, the structure of our media today, and uh, sometimes we have uh, politicians complaining and say, these stories are not being covered. Mm. Say, Your kids are covering the story, mm. so don't... Uh, you have pointed you yourself. Yes. You, you, you are the last ones to complain about mm. how the story mm. is. Do your part, mm. and journalism will do its part. Mm. Yeah. Chris, you've already spoken about, uh, indicated you retired in 2015, mm. but you, you're back. Uh, because you have a responsibility. We're going to take a break here. Mm -hmm. uh, when we, we come back, I want us to get into your 25 years at, uh, at Reuters, the highlights. 
um, of you being uh, the chief correspondent for Zimbabwe for 20 years. What an amazing um, uh, life you've had, uh, Chris. So at home, please don't go away. Uh, join us uh, on the other side. For me, that's, that was a highlight in terms of uh, how you are pacing yourself on that story. Because the danger is also getting married to that story and becoming part of mm. that story. Welcome back to our conversation with Chris Chinaka, Editor-in-Chief and Executive Director of uh, ZimFact. Chris, you, you got me thinking there, um, particularly when you say, when the politicians say, this, these stories are not being covered. You t we turn around and say, no, but these are your children writing these stories. Two questions, Chris. So we are really being unfair by criticizing the young people who can't write stories properly. Because you and I have uh, absconded. And secondly, mm -hmm. what's the role of the politician who's asking the questions here? What's the role of the politicians in ensuring that we've got journalism that tells the entire story? Okay. So I think uh, the first uh, is, um, uh, let's look at us. Um, what is our role? I think our role is um, uh, helping and mentoring uh, the youngsters rather than uh, denouncing, uh, denouncing them and uh, picking up on uh, their skills gap. I think uh, in the newsrooms that I was citing, the best case uh, examples around the world is you will find in those newsrooms your gray hairs being the ones who anger the stories. And therefore, they're bringing the context, they're mentoring the, the youngsters, they're not kicking out the youngsters. They're actually blooding the youngsters into the profession. Mm. I think that's our role. Mm. I think we should be encouraging uh, some of those best systems, particularly in our mainstream uh, industry. I, I know I, I institutions uh, around the world uh, if you don't mind, I could cite. No, no, let's, uh, uh, cite, uh, let's have the conversation, yeah, Chris. Yeah, yeah uh, Reuters, yeah. BBC, yeah. AP, AFP, uh, Bloomberg, uh, Washington Post, uh, New York Times. New York Times. You find in those fell in those newsrooms, newsrooms, really fellows who kind of just sit back and um, anchoring the big stories, helping to push the stories in the manner and the quality that uh, they want to be identified mm. with and uh, having the youngsters as the runners. Mm. And as they are running around, as they are looking at... They are getting the experience. They are getting the experience yeah. and they're getting... So your, 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 your um, grey-haired chaps are... Um, they are the sub-editors. They, they, they are the proofreaders. They yes. are the uh, section editors. They do rewriting. Rewrites. Yeah, they are. And uh, you, they, in, lately now, they're also involved in your fact-checking stuff, right? They're asking the difficult questions. Mm -hmm. There are walls here, there are walls there. I think we can uh, and we should be experimenting with some of those. Uh, if they're working for uh, 
uh, for Europe and Latin America. They should for work Africa. for us. They should work for so Africa. So what's, what's the role of the state then? These it, politicians who point fingers at uh, stories that are not being done properly. Yeah, I, I think first is they should address themselves. There are serious trust issues around politicians globally. And um, they, I raise that question also when I get into political spaces and say, do you know, as politicians of public officials, you are the least trusted sources of information. But in our case, you become the major sources of information. So there are gaps already that are created by our media focusing largely on politicians, on personalities, on personalities who are the least trusted by the public, not just in Zimbabwe, but globally. All politicians. All politicians, they, they have serious trust issues. And they have to work through the media to regain that trust. And you do so by allowing the media to then put your uh, discussions, your statements to a test. Mm. And the test is uh, if you say this is happening, or we are doing this, I won't take your word for it. I'm going to go and check. I'll go on the ground to check mm -hmm. because that's my responsibility. Mm -hmm. I don't I have a responsibility to getting you accurately, but I also have a responsibility to balance that story mm -hmm. by putting it against what's so Somebody says this in a very dramatic way that when a politician walks in the newsroom and says, it's 18 degrees outside, you say, okay, Mr. Mr. Politician, but I'm going to check outside and see if it's actually 18 degrees. Yes. That's the role of journalism. Yes, and I actually go out with, uh, with three. The, with the, with uh, three thermometers. In case I don't one trust is, yeah, yeah. They, they're made by men. Uh, maybe there they are fault lines in there, and I have three of them I took a cross-check with. But we have, unfortunately, in our industry, and I'm not pointing fingers here, the tendency to say the minister said and that's uh, the opposition politician said. said. Yeah. And that's the fault line that we have been riding on for so long, for which we are capable. I think we have a responsibility uh, to report the Zimbabwe story beyond the talking heads. Absolutely. Yeah. The talking heads have, have said so much. Mm. Let's go on the ground and say what the others think about what they are saying. Uh, let's test whether what they say they are doing mm. is actually happening. Mm. Uh, and uh, we have a responsibility as an estate to the larger public. Yes, to get you accurately, but to ensure that uh, we are fair to the rest of the public by... By establishing the facts. By establishing mm -hmm. the facts, yeah. Chris, you spent 25 years at Reuters, International News, News Agency. 20 of those years as the chief uh, correspondent uh, for, for Zimbabwe. Talk to me, Chris, about, for you, the highlights yeah. of uh, that season for you. It's a long season, 25 years, in, in a nutshell. Okay. It what, was, what, what were the professional highlights for you? Yeah. yeah. I think the professional highlights was just getting for me into media space in a transitional period, but then getting in to the biggest uh, news agents in the world, to have the privilege to work uh, with the biggest news agents in the world on one of uh, the world's top stories for a long time. Zimbabwe was riding as one of the top stories for almost 10 years. I think the last 10 years of my 
that. I left because I, I was exhausted by that story. And you know the experience. Burnout. Burnout. Uh, completely. as nugget uh, by the time I, I, I left, um, I retired. The, the highlights was um, having to deal with uh, very skilled, colorful political operators, right? Having to see these fellows who have uh, fought. Shall we name them? Who 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 stands out? For it's, it's, it's the whole class of the liberation uh, movement, the leadership of that that movement, from Joshua Ngomo to Robert Mugabe uh, to Edgar Tekere to uh, Nyagumbo. 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 Yeah, you 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 look at at that class, and you say to yourself, "Wow, God is a way sometimes of just giving you." the right people at the right time, right? They knew their mission. We may have, uh, we, and we have many questions about some of the things they did and the, um, um, the, the way they operated. But when you sat back as a, as, a, as a journalist and just looked at these people as personality, colorful, interesting, magnetic uh, figures, I, who, if you were not careful, you were likely to, to get, be dragged in. <laughs> yes, because the the the, the this the, the whole charisma around them uh, was, and um, uh, for me that was happening not just in Zimbabwe. You looked across in South Africa and you look at mm. that class, the Mandela, the the the, 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 the uh, Tabombeki, the this whole generation, the Zumas, uh, the the. Desmond Tutu, to, to uh, Palo Jordan, yeah, Palo Jordan. Jordan, yeah. It's a, that whole class. You look into east, and you have Samora Machel. You look further north in the east. You have Nyerere. Nyerere. You have uh, Kaunda in uh, next door. You have Banda. Okay, uh, briefly uh, for for that period. So I'm coming into uh, that space, and uh, we were Dosandos in in Angola, uh, and all the rest. We had the Swapo. You had, um, these were the fighters for our liberation, whether we, we like it. Yeah, they, we, 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 we belong to their parties mm. or we didn't. You couldn't but see and cover them as the liberators yeah. so far. So I'm coming in in that. But I'm also coming in in a time where you have, these people have come in from the bush and they're trying to find their offices and uh, trying to, uh, see how they can uh, run the country. And I, I had the privilege of covering uh, those uh, difficulties, the difficulties of transition. For me, that's, that was a highlight in terms of um, how you are pacing yourself on that story. Because the danger is also getting married to that story and becoming part of mm. that story uh, around. The, well, that's important, uh, Chris, to be always aware mm. of the danger not to get involved in the story, but yeah. to cover the story. Yeah. And for me, I always put the test in, uh, I wanted people to remember my reports and sometimes not to know me. So I would get, so is this the Christian? I'd say, yeah, that's me. Uh, that the story speaks for you mm. rather than I becoming part of that, uh, that story. They will be invariably uh, moments, I think, uh, involving some of uh, uh, you, my colleagues, would then get arrested. And so we're pitching up and uh, picketing, and all of a sudden say, 
Uh, you picketing and covering the story. They say, the oh, so, you know, uh, this is a union yeah. uh, element. Uh, this, this is a difficult one for me because these are colleagues yeah. and all, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all the rest. But uh, yes, I think the difficulty even to this day is that uh, we must, as much as possible, try to tell the story without becoming part, part of, that, of the story. That story the, 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 Chris, the, 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 we are blessed in that we have we have the front row seat okay uh you and i in terms of interacting with these politicians i remember moments with uh, joshua nkomo okay. what a man okay. moments with uh, edson zobo one to one not the edson zobo do. that uh, the public it knows, knows. Okay. moments with uh, Conversation with Didmas Mtasa, conversations with Robert Mugabe. Any of those for you that you, you recall that stick out to you? Yes, um, I do. Um, Edson Robo, colorful. I always, um, I think a journalist's gift for, mm. uh, for, for the court. You, you didn't have to struggle because he spoke in a colorful way. Uh, he's very expressive, demonstrative, and all the rest. Um, and uh, RGM himself, uh, uh, um, uh, the, the Prime Minister, the President, uh, Robert Mugabe, uh, whether as a sit, uh, sit down interviews or with, um, uh, on, the, uh, on a podium, on, on a rally, he was always um, uh, there uh, out for, uh, for me. It's, um, it's, so we, we have people say, your careers were built around Mugabe, wasn't it? I say because he was the man yeah. of the moment at the mm. time. Joshua Nkomo, mm. uh, taking out his stick and uh, kind of uh, pointing at uh, you young people mm. who know what you are doing mm. and all mm. the rest of mm. it. But with a fatherly yeah. um, a disposition. I'll, sh- I'll share uh, the story with yeah. you. Um, we covered a story uh, when I was at the Financial Gazette, okay. um, Development Trust of Zimbabwe. You remember yeah, it? Uh, and Joshua Nkomo, I think, was uh, was the chairman. Or chairman, or yeah. chairman and yeah. I think we got something wrong. Okay. So on a Friday after the Financial Gazette is out, I get to my office and he's called my office directly, personally, okay. yeah. and my PA says, uh, "The president, the the vice president for you," okay. and I take the phone and he says. When I move, I want you in my fof- in my office right now, okay? And he puts the phone down. And yeah. after that, I say to my peer, which office is he in? Okay. But I had to quickly establish which office he was in and dash to his office. Found him in his office sitting with the financial gazette in front of him and say, what is this nonsense that you wrote here? What is this? I've spoken to your CEO, uh, uh, um, Rusike. I'm flying with you to go and see that you wrote nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. That was the man. That was the man. I also have an incident. I think it was uh, just about uh, 97 uh, with the whole land thing. I was starting to unfold first with Shoshe and words at the end, uh, all the rest. And we turn up at uh, a state house. And the uh, and he's there. Uh, with um, the, the president and the other fellow. And um, the, there's a team from the CFU uh, which has come to see, see him, I think, talk about these things. It was going to be a closed meeting and we were uh, going to have to wait outside. 
And uh, he says, as we come in, just busy getting out and say, you young fellows, do, do you understand the stories that you are writing? Yeah. And he walked kind of. For me, that left almost like a, like a challenge. Yeah. Uh, that um, in, though, in that phrase, in that person, you young, that short, you young people, do young, you understand the what, stories you're writing? You are writing, yeah. I said he was challenging uh, us in terms of media and journalism is a knowledge industry. So when we're not investing time in knowledge and getting to understand what we are doing, the people have a right to question. And I've, I suspect that that person must have been motivated by either something he had read, mm-hmm. something he had seen mm-hmm. about, uh, and he saw in us a representative of a collective that's called media mm-hmm. or journalism. Mm-hmm. And he was asking whether we knew what we were, we were writing about. Chris, I want to get into um, you then. Uh, before that, by the way, you were a senior political reporter at Ziana, yeah. another institution that uh, produced uh, an amazing pedigree of journalists. So um, at home, don't go away. When we come back, we're going to drill down um, Chris's time at Ziana and uh, the colleagues that uh, Ziana uh, produced. So see you on the other side. So we say it's in fact to fact check everyone except God. Greetings, my name is Trevor Nube, host of In Conversation with Trevor, Zimbabwe's most engaging conversational show. I go beyond the headlines and beyond the sensational. We've brought before your screens change makers from arts, business, and politics and from the region. Please join our growing community of viewers. Subscribe, like, and share. Welcome back to our conversation with uh, Chris Chinaka, Editor-in-Chief and Executive Director of ZimFact. So, Chris, prior to you joining Reuters, you were with Ziana, mm. another institution which at the time produced uh, an amazing pedigree of, uh, of, of journalists. Let's talk briefly about that, that space. I mean... Uh, people like Henry Mradzikwa, Ndabanyoni, Faith Zala. Who else do you remember yeah, from that uh, space? Yeah. Uh, William Bango. William Bango. Nyarazi Chenje. Tasimunako. The late. Yeah. May their souls rest in peace. Yeah. Um, uh, Michelle Hakata. Um, Emilia Stole. Um, Leonisa Mjoma. Mm, Michelle Hakata. Yes. Uh, uh, Vincent Chikwari, the mm. colorful Vincent Chikwari. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, at the time, I think, one of the editors. Then uh, you had um, uh, Farai Munyuki. Farai Munyuki. Uh, Farai Munyuki himself. Uh, and you had uh, Kuromba Munodawafa as uh, um, uh, one of uh, the, uh, the deputies. At the time, uh, I think... I. Uh, there was a general consensus that uh, we, as Zimbabwe, had got into a very small space, maybe some of the best uh, journalists. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, then uh, Ziano was regarded uh, as uh, the best news agents uh, on the continent. 
in fact, my transition from uh, Ziana to, uh, to, to Reuters uh, is occasioned by a story that we go to cover in, in Angola. In, um, it was on, on the Angolan War, but it was uh, in Zaire, now the DRC. And uh, we, we beat uh, the world news agencies on that story which was the first meeting between uh, uh, Savimbi and uh, Dos Santos. Right. And uh, so we drew quite a lot of attention. And if you remember, at that time, Ziana copy was almost a wow. must copy for embassies. Everybody. Yeah, for other agencies. Uh, Quality, reliable copy. Yes. And well written. Well written and... Um, Lots of uh, work went into it in terms of preparation, in terms of the knowledge. You never went into, into a story in which uh, uh, you, you, you didn't know anything about. You. Tell me, mm-hmm. what, in your view, what was the recipe for getting this kind of people, Ndabanyoni, uh, Faith, uh, Michelle Hakata, the Chikwaris, yourself. Okay. What was the recipe of getting it so right? Yeah, I think first, uh, the, the it, it for me, it almost like represented a football team, right? Uh, you, whether you 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 Arsenal or you you Man City, and you have someone out there who is sitting out like almost like a talent spotter, right? There was a deliberate. So very few people actually, as far as I remember, applied to join. Hmm. The way they had headhunted, right? And I, I, whether it's uh, I, um, Henry Muratsikwa or Munyuk himself or Kuromba, seemed like the 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 the, the method of uh, going out to look for uh, for for staff no and to re- and yeah and to retain uh, retain that staff. For a Zimbabwe, for a for a government agency, I mean, essentially, yes, and uh, it, it's it was, and I I look at that also uh, with lots of pride because then uh, we the way the agents covered even government stories, you wouldn't believe it no, was it no, was a government no. agency. Yeah, I think there was a a larger commitment of what we were talking about that the people needed to know this stuff. And that the whole story, the whole story, without accountability Which, to one yeah, state, yeah, and then challenging the government to explain its bit, the political party to explain its bit, yeah, that 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 responsibility did not lie with uh, with the agency or the journalists. That uh, if you deploy yourself in that manner, you are going beyond your mm. your, your 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 calling. Briefly, what went wrong? Yeah, the. I know I'm putting you on the spot. Yes. But, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. What went wrong? I yeah. Mean, this so, was such a, an amazing institution. Yeah. So we, we we again transitions, right? So when you're going through political transitions, and the politicians think, I uh, maybe we need to re uh, redirect this energy in that direction. I think that's what happened. Okay. Yeah. I think that's what happened. Uh, the whole uh, thrust over ownership. I think eventually said, uh, first let's um, let's redirect and avoiding agenda. telling the inconvenient stories. Yeah, uh, that's a bit. because when you look even on the the, the stories, the way Ziana covered Parliament, for example, amazing. It was even for the agencies, the other agencies, they had to wait 
on that copy to then turn it around uh, for, for, for everyone else. And uh, uh, to the men and women who was involved in that, had lots of pride. Mm. You, you were proud to be part of uh, a, a really great team. It, um, also people like um, uh, Mike Overmay from, mm. uh, yeah, from, from, from South Africa, the uh, Musomi Sisu, there was uh, Mike uh, Hamilton. Mike Hamilton. And then uh, we had uh, uh, briefly, I think for a time, uh, Ron Golden with transitioned from. Well, I mean, those names, you, 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 you're taking me back in time. Yes. Uh, and, and, yeah. Uh, and, and that's uh, Jane Soper and all the rest. And uh, all these uh, colleagues who had come from, um, uh, from Zambia or, or Tanzania and all the rest. And just getting the team to work. Um, I, I think team. proof there, Chris, mm. that with the right intentions, mm. the skills are there yeah. to build quality Zimbabwean institutions, whether it's in the private sector or government. Without doubt. There is, um, it's simply reorganizing. It's, um, so I, I, I pick on... Um, People watch football and say, I used to be a Zimbabwe yeah. Saints a supporter. Then uh, I go to a stage where, do I support a team or a club? A club. Right. And so I'm in and out. I support a team. Uh, I, I like the club, <laughs> but I support a team. So the moments when I'm not supporting the team because it doesn't represent what I think it should represent. I think you and I are the same, hey? <laughs> I do that with Arsenal, you know. I'm in and out. <laughs> Chris, we have so much to talk about. And I, I want us to zero in on ZimFact, which is the work that you're doing right now. Within the context um, of uh, uh, we're living in a post-truth world, post-fact world, parallel facts and so forth. Talk to me now about what... Zimfect does. How long have you been in this position and what does Zimfect do? Uh, do yeah. uh, so we'll be six years in, um, wow. uh, in March. Uh, we've had a fantastic five years. You uh, established ourselves just on the eve of uh, the 2018 elections, uh, recognizing that uh, during elections, uh, that's when um, uh, truth really is. Uh, is a victim of um, uh, public officials and those who compete for uh, for for office, and uh, we learned also from colleagues who had established similar initiatives that that's the trend globally. That uh, during elections, that's when it's most ideal sometimes to to get involved, and we got into that space with uh, assistance, um, the funding from uh, CIDA and okay. FOIL, uh, okay. uh, the the Swedes and. Uh, uh, they were fantastic, and uh, we've had uh, funding also from uh, from the U.S. Embassy, from USAID, mm -hmm. uh, from uh, GZI, mm. uh, uh, from uh, uh, the German foundations. Uh, on, on Conrad Adenauer Foundation, Conrad Steve Tang, and so yeah, yeah, that's all right. And uh, I'm saying this because uh, part of the commitment of fact checking is that. We must be open Transparent. about yes that we must be open about uh, who, who we are involved in. But happy to say that despite the uh, the the funding, never received a call in my life 
from any of those to direct us on a Torial mm. decision. Mm. I hope it doesn't happen. Mm. Hope it will never happen because we'll tell them exactly where to get off. Mm. How do you do your fact-checking? Yeah, so the fact-checking, the, the first is that, uh, what do we fact-check? The first recognition to the public is that uh, all public officials, we have a greater responsibility to the public. Their statements must be put to the test. Um, so we say we fake check uh, information from public officials that includes politicians, largely in our case, sometimes because they are, uh, uh, their actions, their words have a greater impact uh, on, on, on other people. So that's, uh, that's what we do. And we then say, we, when they've said, we say, is it accurate? Mm -hmm. That's first test. The second is it truthful, right? And that is where we have difficulties mm. uh, sometimes. And we have said the way to overcome these difficulties is that uh, we shall say to ourselves, all mortals are capable of uh, willful or sometimes mistakenly misinterpreting issues. So there is the will and sometimes there is uh, some by default mm. you end up uh, kind of saying the, the same. So we say it's in fact to fact check everyone except God. Mm. Everyone, including our friends. And sometimes uh, they, they, it freezes uh, friendships for, 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 for a while and you resume <laughs> when people realize, oh, you're just doing your work and all the rest. But it's, uh, it's um, so we fact check, we try fact check information. Uh, to do you, you, you must be busy check, fact, fact checking what politicians say at rallies, Chris. Yes, and uh, that's the most difficult thing. Because what has happened with the media sector, you and I know, is that the democratization of the media sector by the di uh, digital technology. technology and digital developments has also led to the deprofessionalization of the media sector. That you have more a fellows who are not qualified to be, but because they have a democratic right to communicate. So we fact checking both politicians, but also the general public, where we think that uh, the information that they are putting in the public domain is not um, uh, accurate, could actually be harmful mm. uh, to, to, uh, to other people. And I, I, we have found that uh, the WhatsApp platform in Zimbabwe, is the major purveyor or platform in which people... Please say that again loudly <laughs> for those out there who get their content from WhatsApp. Yes. It's the most. Yes, it's, it's the most. And uh, so we say we're always urging that before you post, pause before you post because it's not necessarily true because you, you can't vouch for it. You can't verify it. And therefore, uh, be a more responsible Zimbabwean uh, or a media consumer. Are you, are you having an impact? We, we think so. Uh, we, um, uh, uh, during the last elections, so we, we set out and said, where is the uh, false information, misinformation, disinformation? Uh, uh, where is it, uh, where is it coming prevalent? from? Yeah. yeah. And? So we identified uh, the usual suspects, uh, the public officials uh, contesting for political parties, uh, for 
of political posts. And we said, uh, where are they pushing that information? WhatsApp. WhatsApp. So we joined some of their WhatsApp groups, right, to try and make an intervention there. So we would call out stuff where we think uh, the information is going on so much. And then we would um, uh, either confirm or debunk that information and say it's true or it's not true and try push it out. The work uh, we did uh, during this last election, I think um, I caught the attention of uh, a lot of the uh, international observer missions. Uh, we had uh, commendations both from SADC and the EU. Well done. Yeah, and well the, done. Uh, EU. But my, my question, Chris, is mm. um, the public is responsible for pushing stuff onto WhatsApp. Yes. Does the public care for facts? Yes, they do. Or people care about things they like. Yes. They care. Emotions and beliefs, not facts. They will not allow facts to stand in the way of their beliefs and their emotions. Am I being too harsh? No, you're being very correct. But uh, that's exactly the reason why we need um, interventions from the media. And we are saying to ourselves, uh, fact-checking organizations uh, globally on their own can't fact-check everything that's going on. The media must uh, go beyond journalism Mm. to then tackle out issues, even on issues they've not covered themselves. This is false. Mm. You run a... This is false. This is true. Particularly where it involves... um, public health, public security, jobs. You know, we, we, we had a story about uh, two years ago where uh, some, a hospital woke up uh, to find 200 people had turned up there because someone had put out a false advert on uh, that there was uh, an jobs. jobs or nursing uh, vacancies um, uh, in Uganda, right? Someone has come all the way from Gokwe and they've to go uh, to Rwanda. So the, we are also saying to ourselves, beyond uh, intervening and trying to make a contribution around fact-checking uh, issues to do with governance, there are serious issues because of demographics, young populations looking for jobs and opportunities, uh, where false information is being spread in those areas and it affects them we have a responsibility mm. to ensure that we get the right information. Mm. Drug abuse, for yeah. example. Um, what's the information? Where do you get the help? Uh, we have had um, some of our best successes has been on public health issues, mm. right? Where people you're serving, information that you and I would know about, where are the vaccination centers, right? Because our media is busy chasing the talking heads They've not said they're busy chasing CCC and Zanu PF. Yes, that's not Zimbabwe. No, and unfortunately, and um, I think the media has to wake up mm. to the call by Zimbabwe and not to a call by political parties. Yeah, but they, 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 although Chris, I must, I must go back to this point that I wish the public was more discerning as to what content they go for. I wish the public was not as gullible as, as they are. Yeah. 
Because you see, I mean, I had somebody the other day, I keep on quoting this a number of times, I had somebody saying, oh, I saw it on WhatsApp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, unfortunately, uh, that's the wish. I don't yeah, think, I know. yeah, I don't think we're ever going to get to that stage, particularly in uh, areas where the wish kind of overtakes the reality, mm. right? So the wish, anything that kind of confirms our own beliefs. We share. We share. Belief, we, not facts. Yeah, no. no. It's, it's, so it becomes a matter of faith in terms of what in, information uh, is being shared. But I think uh, the greater responsibility for interventions is with all of us collectively uh, in the media. Uh, first, to flag the issues. Uh, secondly, to undertake uh, media literacy um, uh, training. Uh, training. Mm. And I think um, media organizations, including AMH, yeah. should be uh, getting into uh, schools as well and uh, setting up just 15 minutes chats with, uh, with Catch Them Young, mm. right? Mm. Even if they eventually get to share well, it's important yeah it's important do, yeah. Uh, now the, you the, the job that you're doing is tough mm. is going to be made tougher by generative artificial intelligence by deep fakes i mean talk to me briefly about how you're going to be able to deal with that yes so we we also trying to hire a thief to chase the thief <laughs> so we, we we actually at the moment working on uh, uh, using AI ourselves to try tackle AI because it's the only way. You you need to get into uh, the drug cartels mm. in order to understand how they are working. Mm. So we need to get into AI and say uh, what's the positives that they can do. So we are hoping uh, uh, before the uh, maybe by by media we would have um, uh, some elements of fact checking being done. Using for, AI. Uh, using AI for, 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 for simple. Mm -hmm. And uh, we think we should pilot some of those, particularly in colleges and schools, mm -hmm. because uh, the technology use is higher mm -hmm. in those areas. Uh, the appreciation of the dangers that they pose is probably uh, a, lot, um, mm -hmm. a lot higher. But uh, sometimes it, it does feel like um, an impossible job. Mm -hmm. yeah. But Chris, you're doing a great job. Um, well done and keep on keep on doing it. Um, we, we have a responsibility. Um, I mean, I'm as guilty as charged. We are as guilty as charged. We should do more, uh, particularly to educate the public that WhatsApp is not a source of information, no. that they ought to be discerning no. uh, in terms of what, what they read. Chris, you know I'm not going to let you go before I ask you to share at least three books okay. that you've read with our book-loving audience uh, out, out there. What three books have you read, Chris, that you'd want to share? Yeah, I, so I read daily. Yeah, I read um, at least, I'm reading three books at any one time. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's, and um, uh, there, there's a method around it. I, I'll be reading something around Zimbabwe or Africa or Southern Africa. I'll be reading something around media. Mm -hmm. I'll be reading something about the world. Mm. So I'll pick 
up on anything. And my interests uh, cover a whole range of, uh, of issues, partly because I do a lot of uh, media uh, training mm. and it covers all sorts of subjects. Right. And um, I feel challenged uh, not to be a page ahead of uh, <laughs> the people that I'll be, right. I'll be dealing with. Right. But uh, one of the books that have, um, first about books, I, I always do. So I get You have it. an amazing library at your home. So yes. we'll share the pictures of uh, that beautiful library at home with a whole host of books there. Okay, thanks. Okay? Uh, thank you very much. Uh, so how do I get in? So I get into journalism first through a book publishing house. Yes. Motto. So, motto. So we're based in where? Mambo Press. Mambo Sorry, Press. Mambo Press. Yes, and it's a book published. So I'm, I get into a media surrounded by books, and that has carried me through. And I meet friends along the way who are bookworms, and um, a, one of them would like to pay special tribute to his, um, a, a friend called, is late now, uh, Edward Mamotze. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've always had friends sometimes who are older than me because they've, uh, they've been to the war front, mm, mm. the war front of life, mm. and uh, they've uh, more to share. And uh, we would, uh, we developed a habit of every month, would buy at least a book. In my case, a book and a, a record, um, a, a music a record now, CDs or whatever. But monthly, I would without. And I've built a huge um, collection. collection for myself across subjects. Uh, but one of the books that I, I found really uh, interesting is this, uh, this mm-hmm. book called mm-hmm. uh, The Aztec. Gary Jennings, um, The Aztec. Yeah. A dazzling and hypnotic historical novel in the tradition of Shogun. Yeah. But mm. if you go, it's, uh, it's dealing with the Aztecs of um, the, the Latin America, Mexico, and all the rest. But it, it deals with uh, all issues from governance to uh, social relations to, uh, 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 to how civilizations rise and prosper and how civilizations die. Mm. And I've had a, a fascination with that. So that's one of uh, the books I always recall. It's a bit of a hard reading, mm. but very enjoyable. Mm. The other uh, book that I... I found and I, I recommend is uh, the fall of the Roman Empire. Mm. So it doesn't matter. In our case, we we constantly referring to the Munumtapa Empire, mm. which means there was a glorious past at some stage. Mm. Sometimes I'm wondering when I look at ourselves whether we are worthy inheritors of Both the, the Munumtapa Empire for what they are in terms of strength of character, commitment to a public service and um, a confidence about uh, a relations with other states, never cowards, warrior state, right from the start. And I'm always, and when you look at that war period, so it's, uh, one of the books I, 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 I'm always looking at and going back to is uh, the late Stan Mudenge's Monomotapa uh, Empire. Mm. Yeah. It's a, um, it looks like a historical book, but for me, it is a motivational book mm. about who we, but also what we can be uh, today. Wow. The 
the third book that I would um, uh, sort of uh, recommend, I think I had actually written, I, I thought, um, is The Africans hmm. by Masrui. Yes, and Ali Masrui. Ali Masrui. I have friends who have arguments about uh, your right wing and all the rest. I'm not trapped by... Um, isms. Isms, no, uh, unfortunately. But what I like is the confluence of... Uh, systems and ideas and subjects that come. And I always recommending that. Again, uh, for us as um, Africans and as people, when there's so much that, that there is to demotivate us, we need a lot of motivation to keep going. And I find in those three books a thread that runs through. I see the thread. Yeah, I see the thread. I see the thread. Yeah, so I, I, I do read across, uh, across uh, the subjects. Chris, wonderful books. What a career. And you're still going. Yes, I hope. Um, Reuters has pulled you out. You're still doing some work for Reuters. Yes, I am. I do lots of training. Yeah. And the uh, latest focus at the moment is on covering illicit financial flows. So I'm doing training around the region on covering illicit uh, financial flows. Uh, it's a subject that's uh, dear to me because uh, if we're able to keep some of those resources in Africa, we're able to prosper mm. there for ourselves mm. and argue over, uh, over issues. Absolutely. So it's um, a pulling that I enjoy. I'm, I'm enjoying. <laughs> thanks, Chris, uh, thanks thank you much. so much for this opportunity. Okay, thank you very much. much. Uh, yeah, like I said, you represent, for me, a, a pedigree of journalists that uh, uh, Zimbabwe had. And I think you've challenged us yeah. to go back and see how we can recreate yeah. That's so, in the newsroom. Yeah. So John Masoko is still standing. Yeah. He's always saying, yeah, we, the last man standing. <laughs> I said, no. No. We, we, we are the glue between mm. generations. Let's, 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 let's do the right thing yeah, uh, right. by the generations that are coming. Chris, remain sitting there. Allow me now to uh, tend to our viewers who are all over the world. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for watching. Um, remember, we are a weekly show. We are out at 7 a.m. Central African time on YouTube. Um, to ensure that you don't miss out on any of these quality conversations, I invite you to, to subscribe. Um, you, we've gone a step further, by the way, and created a website where all our content sits. And on that website sits our podcast for your listening pleasure. Thank you for watching. Thank you for your support. Until next time. Cheers to you all.